how do you want to learn, right? Like in this situation, in your life, you get to choose how you learn. And this is what I do with my clients. I'm not here to tell you what, what's right and what's wrong or good and bad. I'm not here to tell you that you should do this and not this. My, my, the opportunity that I feel like I have is like, okay, let's lay this out. And let's give you, you the opportunity to choose how you want to learn. Do you want to learn by staying in a relationship that you don't want to be in and that you're mad and upset and it, it, you know, you're emotionally exhausted and you're not showing up for your kids and you're not at work? Do you want to learn whatever lesson it is by doing that? Or do you want to learn by showing yourself that you can get out of that relationship to do something else? Either way, you get to decide that for yourself. But you get to decide how you want to learn in this life. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage Podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobes. And if you're anything like me, or frankly, if you're a human for that matter, we all have insecurities we deal with. Maybe it's something from a past relationship. Maybe it's something you know from our past in general. Could be something professionally. Could be something about the way you look or feel. Whatever it is, we all have insecurities that we deal with. And it's on us to work through them in such a way where we are able to cultivate this sense of improvement within ourselves so that we can grow from it and then help elevate those around us. So I thought that it would be absolutely perfect to bring on today's guest to talk about that because she's a former Miss USA and also a former sports anchor and her name is Whitney Miller. And she has found her true calling helping individuals and couples as a love, sex, and relationship coach. Her experiential journey to self-mastery started five years ago with her well-publicized open relationship with an ex-fiance of hers. Whitney has since joined forces with some of the leading scientists and researchers in the field and now hosts talks and workshops around the world. And she believes that regardless of your relationship construct, whether it's monogamous or open, there are always ways to create more love better sex, and healthier, happier relationships. So if you're someone who struggles with dealing with your personal insecurities and you're tired of hearing people tell you what to do with your life and you're just constantly looking at yourself in the mirror and you're unhappy with the way you feel about yourself, then you're gonna, then you need to listen to this episode all the way through as Whitney truly unpacks how to overcome our deepest insecurities and not only how to overcome them, but how to use them to grow, how to use them to improve our self-confidence and our self-esteem. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Whitney Miller to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Whitney, thank you so much for hopping on. Hey, great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And it's it's so cool to kind of kick it with different people from who have had different journeys, different backgrounds, and you have had quite like the journey. You know, you've obviously now you're a love and relationship coach. You've, you know, done professional boxing, commentating, you know, worked it on it, you know, competed in beauty pageants, like you name it. Like and so I wanted to ask, like, you know, it's funny, like just doing some research on you, it was fun kind of getting to know you a little bit. And you grew up, you know, in a single family home, right? You had your single parent home, you had your dad and your two brothers, and then you got involved in sports 
you know, when you were younger and then that kind of evolved into just being like, you know what, like, I'm going to screw it. I'm going to give a shot at competing in beauty. Like, so take me back a little bit. What inspired you? Like if you could think back to like, you know, you back then to kind of get involved with competing in that, in the pageant. You know, I was just, like you said, I started sports from a young age. I started doing gymnastics and soccer by the time I was four. So that was the only thing that I knew. And I loved competing. I loved trying new things and, and doing pretty well at it. I was naturally gifted, which was awesome. But something that, you know, was completely out of the box for me was beauty pageants. I was so used to being a tomboy. Like I could go Mm -hmm. out there and play sports and play with the boys in the neighborhood and keep up with my brothers. I basically did every sport that my older brother did. Um, And so this was something that was completely different. And a friend of mine, you know, I guess I was 15 when I, the first time I competed in a pageant, Miss Corpus Christi Teen USA. And she said, why don't you come and do this pageant with me? And I was like, "Uh, okay, (laughs) I'll give it a go, I suppose. And I remember I was actually um, competing and surfing at the time. And I had a surf contest that same day and I showed up to rehearsals, all sunburnt, late, Mm. clearly not taking this seriously at all. (laughs) Um, But I went into it and I was just trying to, you know, see what it was like. I might as well just give it a go. Um, and that was what I, that was my mindset. And that's kind of the mindset that I've always kept. My parents always told me Whitney always does what she wants to do. Like we can tell her to do one thing, but she's going to try to figure it out on her own. And that's what it was for me. It was just, I didn't know what competing in that arena for beauty and being judged on my confidence on stage and how I spoke and how I answered challenging questions that was just completely out of my realm of knowledge so it was like all right i guess i'll give this a go and and try it out yeah it's it's kind of funny like the way you describe it and the way i hear you talk about it is like you were like all right like it wasn't like an an old time dream of yours you didn't sound like you woke up one day and you're like i'm gonna be in a beauty pageant right you were involved in sports you surfed got into water sports all that sort of thing and then like you know you end up you know describing yourself as almost like, I mean, not, not being like an outcast, but being like, you know what, I'm going to do what I want. Like, I, I want to just, I'm going to try new things. I'm going to, you know, if I fail, I get back up. And that's kind of been like your entire mindset throughout your whole life. It seems is like, you know what, I'll try anything. If I fail, I fail, but I'll get it back up and I'll learn. And yeah. right. So like, what, what like really helped you kind of keep a, such a strong mindset with competing against all these other women to be able to kind of make it to win ultimately i mean because that process has got to be grueling right yeah it was very interesting really really interesting and i think just having the the athlete mindset really helped me um but when i first competed when i was 15 i ended up winning that pageant and i i was shocked actually i called my dad prior to the before we got on stage after interview because we were being judged before the actual show started and i was like don't worry about coming I completely blew it. I don't know what I'm doing here, whatever. But then I ended up doing a really great job on like the performance part. And so I ended up winning that. And then moving forward, that's when I started to understand kind of the pageant industry. Mm. And for me, it was, you know, I was being told what to do, where to stand, how to look, where I should, I'm 15 years old. Right. I had a very naturally athletic body, um, which is great for sports, but not great for pageants particularly back then, right? So back then, 
15, 16 years ago, having abs and arms wasn't really considered sexy or feminine mm. on a woman, right? And so I was constantly told, you need to be softer. You need to get rid of some of your muscle. You need to not work out so much. And my body is just, that's just how it's built. I can't do anything about it. So I continued to, I went on to Miss Texas from there and that's where the politics started to, mm. to come in. And I was trained to say things that I didn't actually believe. I wasn't genuine and it came off. Like you can tell when someone's just telling you something that you want to hear and the judges could pick up on that. And I was mm. nervous because I was awkwardly saying things that weren't me, wasn't me anyway. Um, so from there I said, you know what? I'm never doing a pageant again. This is just definitely not for me. Fast forward six years, I'm in college. I'm competing in wake surfing. I'm teaching wakeboarding. And again, a girlfriend of mine calls me and says, hey, do you want to come do Miss Texas next weekend? And this is when I was 21, I guess, 22. I immediately said, no, it's not for me. But I mm. had this very cliche voice that said, if you don't do it, you're going to regret it. So that following weekend, I went in there and I just said, you know what, being where I'm at now, knowing what, you know, taking some of the knowledge that I gained from competing prior, how would I change my experience? Like, how would I, how can I bring a part of Whitney into that world um, and be that authentically? And so I just kept that, that mindset. I wouldn't let, you know, anyone say what I should do or how I should be or pick out my clothes or anything. I'm going to go in there and be authentically myself. And I ended up winning Miss Texas and, and winning the swimsuit, which is really interesting because I still had my very athletic body. So I won swimsuit, won Miss Texas, went to Miss United States, kept the same mindset, even though at that point you have people coming in saying, you need to work with this coach, you need to work with this coach, you need to work with this coach. And I said, no, I'm not going to do it. So I was like the, the black sheep. I was probably right. the most annoying person to work with because I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. And it ended up working out. Yeah. You know, I think a lot, many times in life when we're, I mean, the most authentic version of ourselves we can be, and we're fully seen and we're fully open you know, we're able to have success. I mean, not just ex externally, but internally, because we're so like happy and content with who we are. And we're so unapologetically honest yeah. that we're so confident in whether we win or we lose or we fail or succeed just because we know that we're being our truest self. And I think so many women and men, right, they, they think that, and I, I know that this isn't true, that if you get to a point in your life where you're winning you know, a pageant or you're on the cover of fitness magazines. Like I've had some fitness models on here too, that that's like the epitome of happiness, right? Because you're like, look at me, like I'm like the prettiest person in the world, but I know deep down, like, like that external validation doesn't authentically, you know, correlate to being a hundred percent internally happy. Did you ever, do you experience any kind of like insecurities, like, like following that, that, you know, that you might share that maybe somebody listening to this, who's either thinking about competing or having, you know, some insecurities about their own body that they could kind of relate to? Yeah. I mean, I got, I had a lot of insecurities stemming from that, particularly mm. just when it came to my physical body. I didn't love my physical body because I was told multiple times that it wasn't feminine enough and mm. I'm a girl and I'm not right. feminine. You're telling me by the way that I look that that means I'm not feminine. So there was something wrong with me. And it was just kind of, I had this idea that I always had something wrong with my body. 
And I think even just outside of the specifics when it comes to body image or self-love or whatever insecurities that we're feeling, because we all have them. I have them today. You know, I have them today to where I, I don't feel good enough mm. to maybe speak about some of the things that I speak about, or maybe I'm not an expert enough or I'm not smart enough. It's all of these like different voices that come into play. Um, but really it's just understanding that that's just a part of our life and it's there to teach us. Okay. So here's this voice coming in telling me that I'm not good enough to do this. So am I just going to sit here and listen to it and not live the life that I want to live? Or am I going to look at it and be like, all right, I see you. And I understand that you're there trying to protect me because this is something that I learned in my past, but let me move forward and let me just see what's on that other side. Like, let me see how I can transform this insecurity into something that can be one of my greatest teachers that can actually lead to something to lead to a life that you really want to live. Yeah. Our insecurities, you're right. Can either be a curse or a blessing, right? We can either own them and be like, you know what? Like I know like for me, like I've been doing this podcast now for like what, five months, I guess. And when I started, I was like, you know, is it ever going to be like, I mean, like one of the guys I, I listen to a lot is, is Joe Rogan. I'm like, is it ever going to be like Joe, Joe's show? Cause I love his show and I love what he's done. I love what he's been able to accomplish. And, but if I think like that, and if I'm like, all right, like, am I, if I'm putting all my stock in, like, is my, my show ever going to get to the point where it's big, like X, I will, you know, shy away from being truly authentically myself and I won't ever start. And I think that's just any, anybody, whether they're starting a business they're getting into coaching. Um, they're going to be like, all right, like you have to know that just do you run your own race, run your own path and know that everyone has insecurities. Everybody yeah. is struggling, right? Totally. And I think it's also understanding because, you know, I feel this as well with having my podcast is, you know, why are people listening to you? Right. How do you make people feel? Why do they want to listen to you and come hang out on your podcast or go to your business or be, you know, hire you as a coach? Because we can look at all of these people and have them as like our, our mentors in a, mm. in a certain way or someone we can look towards, but it's, but you are unique. Like I am unique in our own specific ways, regardless of how successful our podcast is, because people are listening to you for a specific reason. And then from there, it's, let's say your podcast and my podcast is as big as Joe's, but we are just fucking hating it. Yeah. And we don't want to be doing it. We're talking about things we don't care about. It's like, what is the point of doing that? You know why Joe does so well in his world is because he truly believes and loves what he does. And so I think this is really going down the path of finding what you want to be doing in your passion and your mission is it can be something completely different than everybody else. But if you're happy with yourself at the end of the day, you have to go to sleep knowing that you feel good or you feel like shit. Yeah, because you never want to get into a position where you're kind of selling your soul to gain the world, right? And I think with Joe, the other thing I respect about him is he really doesn't care. Like he he has he has his opinion. He knows who he is, and like he doesn't let like the negative people, which I'm, I mean I, I see in his comments a lot of times, people some people shaming on him, like get to him because he knows who he is. And it's just like any other successful person, not just him, that yeah. when you're so like authentically you and you can you accept yourself for who you are and you have a mission, you have a purpose, and you're not trying to please anybody. Like, you know, you learn to accept that the people that are hating on you are just hating on themselves, right? And they're the ones that wish they would have have a big podcast or a business or had the audacity to start that coaching. And right. I know I know for you now, like, you know, you're doing like a lot of relationship coaching and I'm sure there was some, probably some insecurities, right? Starting that because you're like, all right, am I enough? Did I, 
Did I like have enough education? What are people going to think of me with my views? Like, so talk a bit about like what inspired you to get in relationship coaching um, and like kind of, you know, maybe like how, like how you got started and you know, how your approach is kind of different than like typical like therapy. Yeah. Um, so I, so after pageants, I went into fighting and that right. was a whole other scenario. And yeah. then I from there got hired to do my dream job, which is I was a commentator for glory kickboxing. So I got to travel all over the world every month with some of my best friends and talk about fighting. It was the coolest job that I could possibly have. Um, but one day I was interviewing one of the world champions at Madison Square Garden in ring live on ESPN. And as I was asking this question, it was like this light bulb went off or someone spoke to me or whatever it is. I got a mm. message that was, that said to me, why are you telling his story when you have a story to tell? Mm. And that's when I knew that I wanted to transition into something that was more about me and who I am. And yes, these fighters have amazing stories, but I don't want to just be a talking head telling their story. I know there's so much more and so much depth to it on my end. Um, and so I realized like, okay, I need to transition simultaneously through this. I was in a, a long-term open relationship with my ex Aubrey Marcus, and we were very open and, um, you know, about our relationship and the inner workings of that and the highs and the lows. We were constantly being hit up from people about relationship advice and how do you do this and how do you have this conversation and what does that look like and what if we want to be open or what if we want to stay monogamous or all of these things. And I just started giving out a little bit of advice here and there and realizing that that really was enjoyable for me. I loved doing that. I loved acting with people in a really open and vulnerable way. Um, and so I decided, you know what, I have to make this happen. I can't just continue working and doing what I am and just distracting myself from what I really want to do. So I made the move and I quit glory and that was very hard for me. I was crying like the whole thing. <laughs> it was so hard, yeah, but it was imagine. about me really stepping into what I wanted for my life and what I envisioned for my life. Um, and I just, I quit that and I said, you know what, I'm going to open this up and, and make this into a, a coaching business. And it was really scary because those thoughts came in my head. What, how do, what if I don't even know what I'm talking about? Like, why are people even listening to me? Mm. You know, do I have enough education? Do I have enough experience? Um, and when it came to the experience for me, I knew that I had experience that a lot of people don't have. Um, and that's from being in this open relationship, public open relationship container and learning a lot of the lessons that I've learned through that to help myself actually just uh, internally outside of even the relationship. It's like, how do I make myself a better person? And a lot of that I learned through the challenges of open relationship. And that's what I started to, to bring forth and talk about it more and, and um, do interviews and podcasting. And I remember when I had my very first client, it was, I was terrified, you know, you get really scared, but it went so well. And it was just me sharing my story and the way that it's the way that it's different for me from working with other therapists. And I say this all the time. If you're looking for somebody who is by the book, who has the degree or has the certification or anything like that, I'm not your girl. And I'm totally okay with that. Um, but if you're looking for somebody who has put themselves in the fire in, in multiple ways and mm. it's talking through experience and relates to you in that way, then I'm your girl. 
either way is cool. Like I'm not going to be, I'm not going to take it personally. It's just, this is how I, how I do it. And if it resonates with you, awesome. And if it doesn't awesome, I'll refer, refer you to someone who I think does a great job. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a journey, but now it's been almost three years in I've worked with over 300 clients from all over around all over the world from all different relationship constructs. And it's, it's something that I absolutely love, 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 love to do. Yeah. And it's really fascinating. I'm sure you're able to help so much as well. I mean, other than the open relationship with Aubrey about just your experience, like in the, in the beauty industry and competing in boxing. And now you like, or you have like, you're able to like walk some of your clients through these insecurities they might have with their body or in their mind or how they look or how they're perceived. And you're right. If you're looking for that, you know, by the book, like doctorate in this doctorate and that, like, you know, nothing wrong with that, but you're just, that's just not who you are. And it's just like with me, I do a lot of coaching as well. And I'm very unorthodox with it as well. I don't have any degrees. I don't have any of this. I mean, I was, I barely graduated high school and my approach is very like non BS, non sugar coat. Like I just have done it from experience from when I was incarcerated to, you know, uh, beating addiction, all this stuff. A lot of the lessons I've learned that I'm able to teach you in real time, like how I did it. Cause I think experiential coaching is there's something special about it because when you can really relate to your coach or your therapist or whoever at the core of their experiences, mm-hmm. game over, things change. And the, the, the reason I bring this up is I, um, you know, I've been a trainer now for almost a decade too. And one of my clients for years was an addiction center. And I had a lot of success with the patients there who struggle with addiction because they were, they felt seen. They were like, they understood that I knew what it was like to battle addiction. They knew what it was like for me to battle insecurities and for me to go through abuse and be, and be bullied, all that stuff. I, I went through myself and I like climbed my way out. And I think a lot, a lot of people don't have success in therapy because they, for some reason, don't have that authentic connection with their coach. And um, so I just kind of commend you for taking a leap of faith and going into that and following your heart um, because Anybody can be successful. Anybody can make money, right? But being fulfilled and like owning that, there's something special about it. And so one of the things I've learned just in doing like learning more about you and Aubrey's relationship and talking about the openness of it, the one of the things that's really fascinating to me that I think my listeners will get a lot out of is the fact that you you really put your insecurities on the table in a relationship because now it's like, you know, one of the biggest insecurities is like, oh, is my partner going to cheat on me? Are they going to you know, be interested in somebody else. And, and, and pretty much you put it on the table, like, yeah, this is possible in our relationship that, you know, we're going to be open about it. So let's, let's work through the insecurities to so talk a bit about some of the lessons you learned from, from being in that for yourself and how you were able to kind of grow to kind of carry that into not only your coaching business, but like, as you go down the road and into your next relationships, if you're anything like me, you're always looking to incorporate things into your life that improve your sleep, calm your anxiety and manage your stress. I found a product that helps me with all three. I've been using the gummies from Soul CBD. Each gummy contains 10 milligrams of calming CBD. They are THC-free, organically farmed, gluten-free, and made with the best ingredients. I like to call them my calm candy as it will leave you feeling more relaxed, focused, and you will sleep like a baby. I like to take them at various times, including before a run, when I'm feeling discomfort, before bed, or any other time I'm looking to create a safe space for my mind. Plus, these sweet CBD edible treats are easy to travel with, so you can take them out whenever you need to throughout the day. So go to www.mysoulcbd.com to learn more about the calming benefits of these CBD gummies from Soul. 
Again, it's www.mysoulcbd.com. And when you enter in the promo code Doug at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Now back to the show. Yeah, it, it was a, a wild, wild ride for sure. Um, and some of the biggest lessons kind of came out of the blue. I didn't expect to go through, you know, being in an open relationship and it would, it would bring a lot of my insecurities to the table. I expected it but a little bit, but not to the extent that it really did. And I always say, first and foremost, if you are trying to be in an open relationship, the number one thing is a commitment to yourself mm. to look at all of your shit because that is that will 100% happen. And if you don't have that, like, okay, I want to look at all of the things that I haven't wanted to look at or that are that's hidden below, um, then open relationship is going to be complete and utter hell. <laughs> um, so for me, I, a couple of the things that came up, I used to be extremely jealous in all of my past relationships. Very, very jealous. Going through phones, like looking mm. through the house, trying to figure out if there were hair follicles, like <laughs> all kinds of crap that was just really weighing me down and stressing yeah. me out. Sometimes warranted. Sometimes I would just create it all in my mind mm. and it wasn't. Um, and I think in our society, we have this idea that we shouldn't be jealous and that's a terrible word, jealousy, that big J word, but it's jealousy is completely normal and mm. it can be there to teach you something. It can show you where insecurities are. And for me, it showed me, okay, I, I am now not as jealous as I used to be. And it's because I tried to figure out why, like, where is my jealousy coming from? What is it showing me? I'm jealous right now because I have this insecurity that looks like this, or I'm jealous right now because I have this insecurity that looks that that's based in this fear instead of the reality of what's going on around me. And so when I really started to question why I was getting jealous and the, the narrative that I was creating around a certain um, situation, I was able to release some of that and become a little bit mm. more stable and a little bit more strong in who I am. Um, another area was with women. I was always very competitive with women growing up and I, it could be, you know, I had different women coming into my life from, you know, my parents being split up. So I always felt like I had to like own my ground and hold my ground and I couldn't trust anybody who came in. And, you know, I was like that with, with my friends and everybody. So I didn't really have a whole lot of girlfriends, but then getting into an open relationship you one of the things that women fight over a lot is their man right mm -hmm. it's like you better not look at my man there's that girl code this entire thing and that's exactly how it was my partner could not even look at another <laughs> person i'm like mm -mm, you keep those eyes over here and through open relationships and realizing that i was just being competitive that i had to open and share vulnerably vulnerability <sighs> about what was going on and how I was feeling. It allowed me to connect with women. And now I have a group of women who are like sisters to me to where when shit goes down, like we can sit there and have very deep, uncomfortable conversations. And I think that's really what builds the foundation of that. And so those are like really two big main lessons, understanding my jealousy and being able to connect and not be so competitive with women in my world that open relationship taught me among a thousand others, but those stick out the most. Yeah. I don't know who says it. I think maybe Brene Brown says like vulnerability is the key to connection. Right. And I think when you're vulnerable, you can connect with yourself. And then if you can connect with yourself, you can connect with others in a more authentic way. And 
you know, I think, you know, relationships, obviously they're built on love and emotion, but I think also it's like having these deep conversations because insecurities are going to come up. I mean, it's just the way it is. Relationships aren't perfect. They're not like the Hallmark channel. They're not what you see on TV. They're yeah. nitty and gritty. And, you know, it takes two to really work together. And the, the you being in an open relationship, like kind of like putting all your insecurities on the table, honestly, it, and this is going to sound weird, reminds me of when I was incarcerated because when I was incarcerated, I had all these insecurities. I was trying to fit into, you know, in the right group of friends when I was in high school and, and during like my years in college, I was, you know, trying to be somebody I wasn't. I was doing drugs because I thought that would make me cool. I was, you know, being somebody on social media, I wasn't. And I was being the victim and I was wearing all these different masks. And when I got to jail, like I couldn't hide anymore. And my cellmate was like a guy who like, he was kind of like my, therapist if you will in jail was like dude like the masks are off now like it's just you and you wow and I had to learn the hard way it was tough love when I needed it to kind of work on my stuff and gain confidence in who I was gain self-esteem gain like my own identity if you will without any kind of external validation and it and as much as like going to jail for a lot would have can, can cripple people which it does and it, for me, it saved me and it was able to really build my character from the ground up because I, I, I couldn't hide it. There was nothing to hide from anymore. And all my insecurities were there. My anxiety, my depression, my stress, all that stuff I had to deal with. I had to learn how to, to manage my emotions and deal with that stuff or I would have been like in, in the, you know, in lockdown in a, in a cell, like in solitary confinement or something. Right. And I think I look at like, even like in this day, like today, like we, we, we want to run from our problems. We want to run from our healing. We want to run from the inner work. And I see you talk a lot about the fact that like, you know, healing is a journey and there's nothing to really kind of run from. It's just the, the deeper we can get within ourselves to own our truth and work on in our insecurities, like the better off we'll be. And the other, the other option is if we don't, it'll just carry on with us in the rest of our life and no relationship, no job, no amount of money is going to save us. No. And that's the thing. Like, it, because as you talked about actually being in a prison, like you are <laughs> stuck with what's going on. But so many of us who may have not been or been incarcerated, we are incarcerating ourselves mm. every single day. We're sitting, we're putting ourselves in these prisons of like these glass prisons of insecurity of not looking of trying to run away from that little voice or those feelings or the anxiety or the depression or like whatever is going on and we are actually like okay i'm gonna put myself in a prison today and that's just what i'm gonna do or you decide differently where is this coming from why is it coming up what is something that i can do this is something that i do what is something that i can do right now that creates more freedom for me in my life so if it's, let's say what me and you were in an argument of some kind, and I wasn't telling you something that I really wanted to tell you. So I'm just constantly sitting here thinking about, oh, I should say this, oh, that asshole or this or that, you know, I'm just like creating all of these stories and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's taking more of my vitality, more of my energy, more of my presence. Um, instead of just saying like, hey, Doug, this has been on my mind and I really want to talk about it with you. That right there creates so much more freedom. So thinking of certain ways that you can just go through your life of having that conversation, doing that meditation, doing plant medicine, if you're called to do that, mm. um, you know, diving into your sexuality, like really just start doing some of that internal work. And it doesn't have to be something that's long and drawn out that you have to meditate on for a year, every morning for five minutes or whatever it is. It's just 
that one choice, that one decision to send that text message, make that phone call, you know, tell your boss you quit. It's just these little minuscule, like mini choices that you make every single day to create the freedom that you need from the self, you know, imprisonment that we find ourselves in so often. Yeah, you're, you're so right there. And I think, you know, a short-term truth is better than a long-term lie. And I don't mean just to other people, but just to to ourselves. Like if it's a conversation we've been wanting to have, you know, me opening up to you about something or you opening up to me about something that it's probably hard, right? If you're kind of contemplating whether you should talk about it or not, it's probably not easy. That 30 seconds to a minute or whatever it's going to take for you to get it out is going to be very challenging, but it beats, you know, festering on it for three weeks. And then it's now not only affecting you, but it's affecting your job. It's affecting your clients, it's affecting your relationship. And, and nobody else has any idea what's really going on because you haven't been true enough to yourself to be like, you know, I own my truth. I'm confident in who I am. I'm going to share it. And then what that does uh, is it then that's how you build true confidence is keeping the promises that to yourself, doing the things you know, you should be doing, standing up for yourself you know, taking chances where you, where there's risk of being exposed and being vulnerable because you're like, wow, like that wasn't so hard. Like, it's just yeah. a kind of like you know, jumping in the deep end or getting punched in the face for the first time. Like when you're boxing, it's like, you know, like, wow, it didn't really hurt that bad. I mean, it hurt, but not that bad. I'm still here. I'm right. still living. <laughs> I'm still the world fighting. Is still going around. Nothing has changed other than I feel better. And to your point, it's, you build that confidence and I like to talk about it in, in the ways of momentum. Mm. Like you, you make that choice and you get a little bit more momentum, more momentum, and you keep going and keep going until you start to just feel that way. And we're going to mess up. We're human. We're not always going to be perfect and stay on that course, but you can always redirect and course correct. And so by gaining that momentum, you gain that confidence because you start to trust yourself that you're making the right decisions for yourself. Yeah. The whole momentum thing is extremely true. I mean, I look back at my life and I was asked like kind of like some of of these very questions they asked me about success and how I was able to experience it. It was all on momentum and confidence. I was like, Oh, I can beat addiction. What's next? Oh, I can get down to five, 6% body fat. What's next? Oh, I can become a personal trainer, even though I was never involved in fitness. What's next? Wrote my first book. Then I wrote another book and I was like, Oh, my story got on the today show. And then I got in this big podcast and this big show. And like, well, what's next? Like, I don't know, like you're kind of limitless and, and not to say that, you know, your, your internal, you know, voice should be built on what you do externally. But when you take chances for yourself and you achieve things you never thought you could, then it becomes more about that than the, the external, like me being on different shows and podcasts, isn't what drives me inside. It's okay. I took a chance and and encouraged and did something I never thought I would do. The kid who had panic attacks when he was in his teens and afraid to ask a girl out is now like, on some of the biggest has been on some of the biggest podcasts and platforms sharing my story unapologetically without fear of judgment. Like, like I own that. And I think the more, if if more people can do stuff like that, whatever it is, whatever arena you're playing in, just doing it for you. And just because you simply want to prove yourself that you have courage to like, you know, follow through with what your intentions inside of you are telling you to do so. Like that's how you win. That's exactly how you win. And and it it feels so good. And you'll see that that starts to really transform everything in your life, how you feel about yourself, mm. how you, how you act in your relationship, how you show up with your kids, the, how productive and creative you are in your career. You know, it all starts from here. It sounds cliche, but it totally is. That's 100% it. 
Yeah, because you can tell a big difference between people who are happy on the inside and those who are not because it just shows up. I mean, I think a lot of times the people, you know, whether we like to hear it or not, the way that when people like mistreat us and treat us like crap, it's because they feel like crap about themselves on the inside, right? You don't really see like a lot of people that you, I mean, think about people that you might admire and inspire you or look up to. You're not seeing them trashing people on the internet or you're not seeing them treat people like crap. I mean, I'm sure it happens from time to time, but most of the time they're not. And I think that's why it, it helps for us to continue to do the work on ourselves because then we can really own and acknowledge that we only have control over ourselves. Just like right now, like we're in one of the most stressful times. I mean, most of us have ever been in and we, there's a lot we can't control. There's a lot of uncertainty and, and the more we can focus on the things we can control, whether it's who we hang out with, what we watch on TV, what we're listening to uh, our fitness routine, meditation, what we're doing, you know, with our relationships, the more we can focus on putting our energy in that and not like what we can't control, like the ha- more happier we'll be because the other option is to not do any of that. Focus so much time on watching the news and, you know, figuring out like, is this person going to like me or should I post this? Am I going to be judged? I mean, this, that, and the other, you take away all that energy that can be focused on like you and the things you can control. And then at the end of the day, the very thing we all want is for us to be happy and seen and authentic it allows us to not get there because we're focusing on everything else. So mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you're seeing right now? Like, I mean, I love, um, I've had relationship coaches in my life. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I I'm completely open. I, I think the stigma of that kind of needs to be at rest because if you, if you think you're, if you are the person who thinks you knows at all, you kind of know nothing. And I think we can always learn. Right. And mm-hmm. I think especially now because of the fact that things are shifting, right? And I'm not just talking about, you know, the open relationship thing. I'm talking about like social media. It plays a major role, I think, in relationships and insecurities in people. And I think that not just from like inside the relationship, but I'm what I'm saying is like, you know, social media can either improve your confidence or can just destroy it based on how you view it. So are you seeing like with a lot of the people you coach, whether it's individually or together that social media is playing like a, like a role in, you know, how they interact with themselves or in a relationship? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's social media is a very big part of our lives, whether right. we want, whether we believe that or not. I mean, it, it truly is. Um, and so it can be, you know, it can be something that's a detriment to the relationship if they're aren't agreements understanding what social media looks like how it shows up in your relationship it's taking your distraction constantly towards that instead of focusing you know in in the relationship but the thing is is that you get to create whatever experience of social that you want are you going to be judged at some point yeah most likely i get judged all the all the time you probably get judged all the time you could be doing your favorite thing in the world and someone's just going to try to bring you down for it And it's just like, okay, I see you. I don't have to allow that to affect me, but, and I understand that you're going through your own process, um, but to keep going through that. And so I think a lot of the times for couples, if we're talking specifically about social media, it's what are the agreements and talking about what the agreements are surrounding social media. And the other side of that coin is, you know, everyone has a different idea of what cheating is. And so no one really has a, this is what cheating is. Cause you talk to me and cheating is going to be completely different to you, what cheating is. And then you talk to your neighbor and vice versa. So 
understanding what's appropriate and what's inappropriate and then asking yourself why do i believe that that's inappropriate and is it really inappropriate so understanding where that's coming from um but yeah i mean i, th I think social media is going to play a role in our lives forever <laughs> yeah yeah and i and i think you know times are changing and i think right now there's so much more um distractions i guess like you know but like back in the day like you met somebody you know in school you met somebody at a job you met somebody you know maybe you wrote a, like a letter i don't I mean i don't i don't know like i'm 32 so like i'm i'm just kind of like social media was kind of always a part of my life i guess yeah. in a way like i mean I, I think i got on facebook my senior year of high school i think so but i know now it's like so different you're exposed to millions of people on a daily basis you could send a direct message and connect with I mean, if you're smooth enough, pretty much whoever you want. Right. And, um, and so I think that's a whole other element that comes into, you know, self-confidence and self-esteem within ourselves, because not only are you worried about, okay, if I'm in a relationship, is this person like, you know, having emotional feelings for somebody, you know, that they're following on Instagram or whatever the case may be. Now you're like, all right, I'm scrolling through and I'm like feeling less than because I'm seeing somebody who's better looking at me. I'm seeing somebody who's richer than me. I'm seeing somebody who's having more success than me. And what people don't realize, and I talk about this all the time that people I coach is like, people are, you're not really seeing a lot of people post their struggles. A lot of people, it's just their highlight reels. And I try to get to help people understand that most people, what they see, they seem on social media, a lot of that's just not real. And, and I'm not judging anybody who does it that way, but you know, you're seeing the people who are real posting their struggles just as much as their, their successes because those are the people that are like, you know what, like I'm really trying to inspire somebody because I'm trying to show somebody that even though I've had success, I also have struggles too. And that's yeah. where, that's how you build connection. That's how you build community. That's how you build a following. And so like with what you're doing now, like what are some of the, the things that, what are the, some of the pieces of advice you give to some of your clients as far as like building like true confidence within themselves so that they can like, you know, live day to day in a way with, you know, the least amount of like shame and insecurity as they can on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. I mean, first thing that comes to mind is since we were just on the topic of, of social media is realizing that like, this is like you said, it's other people's highlight reel, mm. right? It's almost like their business card. They want to put their first impression, look at all of my great sides <laughs> to me. And it's just like, eh, once you get to know someone, you know that everybody has flaws, everybody has shitty days, everybody like, is not perfect and that's the only thing that you can actually count on um and so not getting too drawn into that and also knowing that you decide what you see on social media mm. don't follow people who make you feel like crap follow people who are inspiring or sharing their stories or whatever it's like do you want to eat the junk food or do you want to eat the vegetables right mm. it's the same thing with social media who do you want to be following what message do you want to be bringing in to your mind and your space um and then from there, when it talks about true confidence, I mean, trying to have this, this growth mindset of what can I learn more about myself? What do I know about myself that I, I want to know more of? Um, what are things that I've always wanted to do, but I haven't quite done it. So having this growth mindset of just expanding your boundaries of, you know, where can I go from here? I think that makes people really relatable because you can talk to so many other people and the more times that you try something and fail, the more times the people in your life will be able to connect to you with you over that, which is awesome. And we all have 
shame. We all have guilt. We can all look back with insecurities and just, and it's just a part of being a human. That's a part of this human experience. Um, if we didn't have that, a lot of our life would be pretty boring, honestly. <laughs> and so if you can look and see where that shame and that guilt is coming from and say like, okay, I see you and I welcome you here instead of going like this, because if we go like this and we distract ourselves and pretend like that's not there, it's just like saying, don't look at the pink elephant in the room. Don't look at the pink elephant in the room. Don't do it. But all you <laughs> want to do, look at it, right? And it just stays there. So the only way through any of that or the only way out of any of, any of that is going through it. So like, come here, shame. Come here, guilt. Come here, fear. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Where are you coming from? Are you still serving me right now? Is this, do I still need this in my life? Is this BS, which my friend Mickey Agarwal calls your belief system, is this BS? Should that be a part of my life right now? Or is it something that I can move through? And this isn't about like pointing fingers at it and being like, I hate that I feel this way. Because what we hate will remain with mm -hmm. us. It's like bringing it in and being like, okay, let me give this love. Let me just understand why this happened and where this protective measure came up and why and then being able to move move through that once once you have that that mindset of being able to move through it that's where like that confidence comes from from the momentum of showing yourself that you can move through anything yeah and I think the, the most important thing one of the most important things you said was just not running from your pain not running from your shame because it's kind of like the old saying it's like wherever you go there you are like you can run as far away as you want you can jump into another relationship you can move you can get a new job but if you haven't dealt with like the past or figured out how you can own that and the lessons you've learned and acceptance of that you know it's just gonna kind of you know be brought with you wherever you go and i think our past can either can become our purpose or our prison right like i think like our past can be you know, you can look at the lessons, you can look at the wisdom, you can look at all the things that that happened and say, you know what, I'm not proud of these decisions. I'm not proud of like that. I let that person treat me that way. I'm not proud of X, Y, or Z, but I'm so thankful because it made me who I am today. I'm so thankful that it made me stronger. I'm so thankful that it made me like more content and true to who I am so that I can speak my truth more instead of being like, you know, woe is me. I can't believe they did this to me. I can't believe they did that to me. You know, I'm going to push it away. I don't want to look at it. And then that's what I did. I mean, for my, my whole life until I got to jail and my cellmate was like, dude, quit being a wuss. He's like, quit, quit your crying, quit your bitching. And I was like looking for him to like coddle me. And he's like, he's like, you're in jail. He's like, I don't know what else you want me to tell you. He's like, like that is not going to happen. In yeah. Here, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, stop running from your problems, man. He's like, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you got yourself to where you are today. Not nobody put you in jail other than yourself and no matter what happened to you you chose to respond in a way that made your situation worse no matter how you look at it he's like plenty of people's parents got divorced i mean i grew up in a divorce home as well plenty of people get bullied they get this they get that but not everyone goes to jail and that was an aha moment for me because now like even today when i hit hard times because i think again people think when they're you're successful that, that the hard times don't come no they do you just deal with it differently and I'm like, all right, am I, am I positioning myself and responding to this in a way that my cellmate would be proud, right? Because it's like, I don't want to be, you know, I was a victim until I was 21 and, and that got me in jail. So I know being the victim just doesn't work for me. And I don't think it works for a lot of people because unfortunately it feels good in the moment to feel sorry for yourself and get pity and get attention for that. But it just prolongs your own healing, right? Because now yeah. you're like, 
well, I can't really sit in the pain. I can't move through the pain. So I'm just going to pass it on to somebody else and blame somebody else. So I kind of want to bring it all back together because I think the one thing that I learned from you, even um, just from doing this interview is your past has brought you to where you are today. And I, I know everyone's has, but you've kind of owned it. You've kind of owned like all the lessons you went through from, you know, the way you grew up and, you know, fighting and um, the relationship with Aubrey and the beauty pageant. And it's kind of all encompassed you into being the coach you are today so that you're able to kind of help your clients and the people around you feel comfortable and be seen because I think at the end of the day, like in your business and in any business where you're kind of like working with people that are trying to grow, whether it's mentally, emotionally, or physically, like they got to be comfortable. Right. And like yeah. you've been through, it seems like you've been through a lot and you come out on the other side and you fought your way back. Right. And now you're able to kind of sit there and be like, you know what? Like, I'm not proud of like, some of the stuff I've done, I'm proud of the way I've responded. And here's the lessons I've learned. I've been through a lot I've, and I'm able to now share that because the, the other thing that, that happens, I think is you get people who pretend like they've done nothing wrong. And then really it's holding them back from connecting with people around them authentically because like in my mind, like no one's per. I mean, Jesus is supposed to be, is perfect. I mean, like the only when I think of perfection, I think of like Jesus or something like that, where someone's like, no one's perfect. Like no one. And I think the more we can accept that, the more we'll understand that like when we make a mistake, like somebody else has made that same mistake too. Right. Exactly. And we, we all feel very, we all feel very similar insecurities and very similar pain, regardless of the specific um, details of whatever situation caused that. It's still like, we still have that pain. We still all know what feeling jealous is like. We still all know what feeling less than is like. We all know what it feels like to beat ourselves up. You know, it doesn't matter how it got there, but we understand it. So it's mm. like, we're not alone. We're all going through this simultaneously, constantly. Um, and I always like to go back to that too, is, is how do you want to learn, right? Like in this situation, in your life, you get to choose how you learn. And this is what I do with my clients. I'm not here to tell you what, what's right and what's wrong or good and bad. I'm not here to tell you that you should do this and not this. My, my the opportunity that I feel like I have is like, okay, Let's lay this out and let's give you, you the opportunity to choose how you want to learn. Do you want to learn by staying in a relationship that you don't want to be in and that you're mad and upset and it, it, you know, you're emotionally exhausted and you're not showing up for your kids and you're not at work? Do you want to learn whatever lesson it is by doing that? Or do you want to learn by showing yourself that you can get out of that relationship to do something else? Either way, you get to decide that for yourself but you get to decide how you want to learn in this life. And that's something that comes up for me all the time. You know, I can look back at my past relationship even. I just recently did a podcast on that. I saw um, it, yeah. Yeah, of all of the ways that I didn't show up for myself. I didn't set boundaries for myself. I didn't stand up for myself in multiple ways. And yes, I had all of the idea of, of it's his fault. And if he would have done something different, it would have been different. Fuck you. Right. But then the other side of the coin is like, wait, everything that we do is co-created everything from the way that we are with our parents and the way that we are with ourselves in our relationships, it's all completely co-created. And so I take responsibility for showing up in ways that I show up. I, I showed up. That was the best that I could do at that point. Now I can look back and say, wow, I didn't set boundaries and I didn't stand up for myself in a lot of areas. Guess what? I get to learn now 
by doing that every time something comes up to where I can stand up for myself and say, mm -mm, that's not what I want for my life. Yeah, that, that, that I relate to exactly what you just said. I, I went through the exact same situation. So I appreciate you sharing that because I really, I relate to that a lot. I mean, because it was something that, um, that I've struggled with in my past as well. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, it, like, like I said, we all go through very similar situations regardless of the specifics, but it's like, okay, you're not alone. Trust me. We're all, we're all doing it regardless of, of what level of success you may find yourself at. Right. Um, we're, we're all going to feel very similar things. Yeah. So last question is this is I, I try to ask this to as many guests as I can is I want you to imagine you're kind of talking to the 15, 16 year old Whitney and you know, she's struggling right now and she's like maybe looking to trying to find herself and not really feeling authentic or trying to please others or whatever it is. Like what kind of advice are you giving to her? I think that I could go two ways with this because if I'm, I don't, I look back and be like, you know what, just keep everything the same because it really taught me who I am okay. today. So I would go back and tell her like, look, you're on a, you're on this wild ass ride of life and there's going to be ups and downs and you're going to feel extreme highs and it feel extreme lows, mm. but this is all bringing you to exactly where you want to be. Because I can say right now that I feel in a, probably the best place that I've ever been internally, like emotionally, you know, there's a whole bunch of shit going on like externally, but I feel that I have the ability to navigate it in a way that I don't know if I would have, if my life would have taken another direction. Right. Um, and then for any 15 or 16 year old out there is, is they have, you have the opportunity to live exactly how you want to live. And there is somebody, and if you need someone to look to that, that is your cheerleader, if you want to love boys, if you want to love girls, if you don't want to have a gender, if you want to do whatever the fuck it is you want to do, I'll be your cheerleader because I want you to live the most fully expressed that you possibly can. And I know that there's people out there that are rooting for you that may not, that may not be directly in your space, but you're not alone and they got you. Yeah. Amen to that. I think, you know, people just want to be seen. They want to be loved for who they are. And even if like, you know, I just think right now in the world, even if you don't agree with somebody or whatever, like we just need to all just show up for each other, no matter what, because you know, I think we've lost that. I think we've lost the ability to agree to disagree or to, to kind of show up and, and love and, and, and acknowledge that we're not all the same. Like we're not all the same. Like how boring would that be if everyone was the same? Like I remember like, I was so like, thinking, be like if what I wanted in a relationship was like, I don't want to be in a relationship with me. That would be so boring. Like I would be so bored because I would be like, all right, if they like everything I like and they agree with me all the time, like what fun is it? Like, there's no, like, there's no passion, right? There's no like, you know, tension or whatever, right? A good tension, I guess. Right. So like, I mean, I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing your story, sharing your message um, and opening up like you did. I know it's not always easy. I think sometimes like everybody assumes because people go on podcasts, it's like, oh yeah, it's a piece of cake. Like I'm going to open up and share whatever I want. And I'm not going to like, I'm not going to question something or I'm not going to be like, oh, should I, it, it just takes a lot of courage, right? To put yourself out there. And so I always, when somebody's like giving somebody a hard time about what they said on a podcast, I'm always like, well, how many podcasts have you been on? Like, have you ever gone on a podcast to, to go on, like to share yourself? And I'm not, I just think more people need to, to share themselves, share their stories, share their truth to get it out there so they can be more confident in who they are. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree because we often think that 
and our we need to hide our times of mm. pain or the times that we've messed up and like put them in like a little box in the corner which like they don't exist but a lot of those times that's when you get to connect with people like Brene Brown says you know vulnerability is what creates that connection and sharing your story and sharing your fuck ups and sharing your pain and your sadness and celebrating yourself as well um, all of that brings you closer with, with everyone in your life. It's just like, look, this is, this is who I am. And when people start to release the mask, take the mask yeah. off or break off some of that armor that's, that's on, on them and has been, they've put on themselves, it allows the other person to relax into who they are. It gives them permission to be themselves too, because you're showing up on how you want to show up. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, the more as a, as a, as a collective that we can come together and just be authentic and be real with ourselves. I think the more that the world will start to come together and align more because everybody will be, will feel confident, you know, to be able to share their struggles and the things they're going through so that, you know, we can all be here to support each other. So where can people find out more about you if they want to connect with you? I know you're on Instagram at like at wit and love, but you have a podcast. It's called true. True sex and wild love. True sex and wild love available on all the, the podcast platforms and your website is witandlove.com. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Wit and love across the board, Twitter, wit and love, Instagram, wit and love. And it's just a letter in, in between it. Yep. Um, yeah. And you can email me or uh, DM me if you guys are interested in doing any coaching. I have a mentorship program I'm launching here in, in six weeks. Um, so it's going to be, we have some really cool and fun things coming up. Sweet. Well, I so appreciate you coming on. I enjoyed this conversation. And, you know, for those of you who, who listen to this, just, you know, make sure that you know that, you know, no matter where you are in life, no matter what you're going through, um, there's always a way out. And the way out is through. It's not a way, right? It's like you have to kind of sit in the pain. You have to go through different phases in your life to get you to the next. And as, you know, Whitney came on here and shared, she's gone through so many different phases in her life and it's all brought her to where she is today. And she's grown so much and gotten stronger and wiser through every, every phase. So what I want you all to do is if you enjoyed this episode, if you, you know, really learned a lot from Whitney, I want you to, you know, take a screenshot. If you listening to this tag, Whitney tag myself with your biggest takeaway, give her a follow, reach out to her, check out her mentorship program. And then of course, if you really, um, you know, felt touched by this episode, leave us a review. We always love hearing from you. Five stars, of course. I'm just kidding. You know, five stars if you want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, once again, I thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes, and we will see you next time.